hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Team Needham abode. So welcome to our show today, and we are super excited to discuss one of our passions, which is hormones, and it is what we mostly do at our pharmacies. Janet and I are both pharmacists, as you guys know, that follow us, and we specialize in hormones. That's 95% of what we do every day. So we talk to we talk to patients and doctors and all kinds of healthcare professionals all over the nation every day about hormones, and we absolutely love it because it is life-changing. Uh, one of the common misconceptions we get is that uh, testosterone is normally associated with men and women don't have testosterone. So Janet, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, the misunderstanding is that even men don't have estrogen because we've assigned estrogen just to women, but actually men have just as much as women. So, but for women, we Except still- Except when they're pregnant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so for women though, we still, our ovaries still produce, when we have ovaries, still produce a small amount of testosterone, uh, far less than what men do, of course, but it's still important to our overall health. And um, it's really basic biology that's been overlooked. Um, if we go back to when we are a fetus and we're developing, you know, we have the same parts. The expression just changes when we have our chromosomes that are expressing our genes. Um, and as a woman, as we age, those um, levels of testosterone can become important for over time overall integrity of our um, uterus, our vaginal area, as well as our bladder, but our overall muscle mass to maintain that is very healthy as well. And bones. Let's not forget about bones. Osteoporosis is a debilitating disease in women. And we prescribe all these quote unquote fancy drugs for osteoporosis. And every single one of those osteoporosis drugs that are prescribed for women, they are indicated in postmenopausal women. Right. Well, what do postmenopausal women lack? They lack hormones. Right. So why don't we fix the problem instead of treating the symptom? Right. So we're putting, you know, the whole thought behind replacement is putting back into our body what it naturally was making. And we're not talking about excessive levels that, you know, we might see in the, the corner of extreme. We're talking just natural levels that will help us with um, performing the functions that we need in our body. And just to remember, a hormone is actually a messenger. So it really is given the body to make those bones and make them stronger while the prescriptions that are being prescribed for women for osteoporosis are actually just keeping the bone there, but the bone does not become stronger. It might say on a T-score that, you know, when they do a DEXA scan that the levels are better, but in reality, those bones are really brittle. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because what, what a lot of those drugs that are prescribed for osteoporosis do is they, they stop bone from breaking down, but they don't build new bone. And testosterone is an anabolic hormone. Um, It helps to build tissue and bone is no different. Um, Men get osteoporosis also. Yes, they do. Um, And it's not from lack of, we were taught in pharmacy school, med school, that estrogen is what um, keeps women's bones strong. But men get osteoporosis also, and it's not from lack of estrogen, it's from lack of testosterone. So I have an ongoing challenge actually um, that I want I would welcome any healthcare professional, any scientist, any doctor to find me a better bone building drug than testosterone. 
There's not one. Testosterone, hands down, is the best drug to prevent and treat osteoporosis. But what's even better? Um, it just happens to have uh, side effects of increased mood, um, increased libido, increased lean body mass, increased fat burning, um, a visceral fat especially, which visceral fats are really bad stuff that makes you become insulin sensitive and prediabetes. Um, yeah, so what if we had a drug that could treat all those things? What we do, it's called testosterone. So let's talk about testosterone and depression, Janet. Well, one of the things I think that people um, forget is um, – and we're calling this a drug, but it's really a natural hormone. It's natural to our body. So we're replacing a natural hormone in our body that helps us to sleep better and increase our mood. Um, and as we age and have less hormones, we start seeing depression, anxiety, and having sleep difficulties. So if we can get people sleeping again and increase their mood because they feel better, they have more oxygen in their muscles and they're building more muscles and they're sleeping better. Their mood increases and their depression decreases. And there's other things like becoming more active and how we um, measure that is really hard. But if you think of all the neurotransmitters and all the things that are going on in our body every day, if you've slept better and your mood is better and you feel like doing things, then your depression seems to go away for most people. Well, that's absolutely the case. And um, testosterone is a game changer for um, depression. I think it's always interesting how, you know, we don't ask the right questions a lot of times in healthcare. Oh, well, I'm 45 years old and um, my cycles start to become irregular. I'm talking as a woman and all of a sudden I'm depressed. Oh, well, you must lack Prozac. So let's prescribe you Prozac or Zoloft or Effects or whatever. And the reality of it is, is that you have a hormone imbalance. So why don't we fix the hormone imbalance instead of prescribing some drug with nasty side effects um, that can make problems worse? Let's talk about some of those antidepressant drugs, Zoloft, the SSRIs like Zoloft, uh, Prozac, Celexa. What are some of their side effects? Sexual side effects, decreased libido, um, uh, decreased sexual perform performance, lethargy, um, tired, um, um, having problems with orgasm, all kinds of sexual dysfunction issues with those antidepressants. Um, so actually, sometimes you're making some of those problems worse. Let, let's let's fix the problem, which is a hormone imbalance. Um, you don't lack some antidepressant drug. Well, that's, that's the case a lot of times as we are going through uh, perimenopause and menopause is that it's not necessarily a ongoing depression issue. Most of the time, it's a lack of sleep and energy that's caused by the lack of hormones that our body can't produce anymore. And as a woman, when you start having these ups and downs between your hormones being produced by ovaries and then stopping, it's kind of an up and down thing. And so if we can get people feeling better by just replacing what their body would naturally make, that keeps them off of prescription medications that have long-term side effects and also implications. I mean, one of the things that we forget about is once we go on something, you know, it's not easy to take somebody off an antidepressant. And a lot of times we think, well, that's, this is going to fix the problem. Well, we're not fixing a problem. We're just putting a Band-Aid on and we're ask, asking you to tolerate other side effects from the medication. And really, if you look at divorce rates and problems with intimacy and relationships, when people start having 
all these big changes in their life. I mean, this, this can be a game changer for a family. If you can get mom feeling better or a lady feeling better in her home, she feels better at work. She feels better with her friends, her family, and of course her intimate relationships with her spouse. And let's talk about sleep. Sleep is a, it trumps everything. So it is so important. If you're not sleeping, you're not going to, um, you know, recover. You're not going to, um, get better overall, whether it be mental health or whether it be physical health. And a lot of times what we see is if you're having sleeping problems, you know, you, you don't, you don't lack some drug that you need for insomnia that cause horrible side effects and can be addictive. Um, many times it can be a hormone imbalance. Now there's lots of other issues going on, whether it be sure. your diet or whether it be your exercise or lack of exercise pattern. But the important thing is, is that, um, you know, we, we were created to be able to sleep and sleep at night. Um, and if we're not doing that, we don't need some fancy drug to help us sleep. There's something else going on and you'll feel a lot better when you get your sleep pattern fixed naturally, rather than, um, using some drug to over, overcome that. And many times it can be a hormone issue and testosterone, um, along with other hormones can, can help to, uh, help us so we can sleep. So um, one of the pitfalls out there right now, and we had a lady that's been on our podcast, we won't say her name, but she reached out to Sean and and what had happened is she went to a hormone specialist and they gave her androgel, which is usually prescribed for men. And they said, oh, here, just put a little tiny bit on. Well, I am kind of appalled that we put women in the same basket as men because like a dose for a man is about a hundredfold what a lady's would be. So we're, we're made totally different and those hormones react differently in our body. So don't fall for the pitfall of here's some androgel or whatever they're trying to give you um, and try to just piece it out to you. Um, and the other thing that we need to keep in mind is lifestyle. So for as a, a lady, um, I would not do very well with the form of pellets and I know some do, and I'm not knocking it. Everybody has to have their own form of, of, uh, therapy and what works for their life. But if I'm going to ride my bike, that would not be very, um, fun to have a pellet inserted in my buttocks and then expect to be able to ride. Um, the other lifestyle issue that I keep in mind for, for dosing is, um, I don't do very well with scarring. So pellets are totally out. Um, There's lozenges, there's trochies, and there's creams. So let's talk about that. Well, first of all, pellets to uh, educate you about dosing testosterone. It's a little office procedure where they use a scalpel to insert a testosterone pellet in your buttocks and it slowly releases over time. Um, and it can be kind of convenient, but like Janice says, it can cause scarring. The pellets can protrude out. You can't titrate the dose, which means you can't fix the dose. Once they're in, they're in. So if you have oily skin and acne um, from too much of it, you can't just back off on the dose. You're going to have that for five or six months. Right. Um, and yeah, if you're really active, pellets wouldn't work for me. They wouldn't work for Janet because we ride our bike most every day. So they would not work. Um, I'm a big and sublingual. The problem with sublingual is testosterone has a short half-life, so it it absorbs really fast and then it goes away. Um, and sublingual means you dissolve it on your in your mouth and hold it, so it, it is absorbed in your um, buccal cavity or the cheeks and the tongue, um, which 
any hormone is bitter. So there's yeah, that's really one of the problems yeah. with any sublingual drug is that is they don't taste the best. We can overcome that, but I don't like it because it's a short half-life issue. But what I like for women, the best way to deliver testosterone for women is in a testosterone in a cream. Mm -hmm. And we recommend that they apply it vaginally. Why? Vaginal tissue is a mucous membrane, which means it has great blood flow. It's better than if you swallow something, it's absorbed immediately into the body, um, bypasses what we call the first pass effect when we swallow something. And you get local effects. Right. Um, as women age, they get what's called vaginal atrophy. That tissue breaks down. And remember, I talked about testosterone being an anabolic hormone. Um, it helps to build up tissue. So not only does it work systemically if you apply it vaginally, but it works locally also. Game changer it is, is what it is. And I, I think for women, we always jump into this. We go to our physician or our gynecologist and we get told, well, your atrophy is bad. And so therefore we're just going to do a procedure. And if you are having procedures done, such as we're going to um, give you a hysterectomy, well, some, in some cases that might be required, but let's keep in mind too that these procedures have other effects. It's not just we remove the tissue and go on your way. It actually um, can have other problems, and some of that can go into even our bladder as well. Well, uh, bladder issues are very important. Hormone, issue, hormone um, replacement is very important to prevent bladder issues. Um, there's lots of drugs that are prescribed for right. urinary incontinence and all kinds of bladder issues when, again, what do most of those women lack? Um, they lack hormones. So why don't we fix the problem instead of just treating the symptom right. and, and with a drug that causes all kinds of side effects? Right. So we're talking about just keeping the muscle tissue he healthy as it would naturally be when we were producing hormones. Um, and that way we are avoiding life-changing things. Um, so we don't want prolapse in women. We don't want catheters. We don't want meshes. Um, you know, because those things are lifestyle changes. I mean, who wants to have to have a catheter when they're young still? And, you know, people can live or their, old for that. Oh, well, exactly, because it, it, it's a lifestyle change. So when we can prevent those things um, and bladder issues, we talk to women all the time. You know, my 40 year old may not have so much of an issue. She goes in and she gets her antibiotic, but. Um, my 80 year old Mike, she might not even realize that she's having an infection because she's not having the sensations. And the problem with that is that it could have been prevented just by having the, the bladder tone and also the pH of the tissue back to normal. Yeah. Chronic urinary tract infection is a hormone imbalance typically, especially if it's in postmenopausal right. women. Exactly. That's when we normally see it. So again, you don't need antibiotics. You need to treat the problem, um, don't just fix the problem. Don't just treat the symptom. I think Jana has to run. Um, so, but I will finish up here. And I, I like I like talking about testosterone because it is. I kind of mentioned early on in the podcast about what if we had a drug that could um, increase libido, increase lean body mass, increase body fat burning, um, decrease depression. Um, decreased cardiovascular events, um, decreased cholesterol. That's part of the way it does that, possibly, although that's a whole other story with cholesterol. Uh, what if we had a drug that could do that? Think about all the drugs I just talked about that on those symptoms, whether it be, um, you know, depression or whether it be um, um, libido. Think about all those drugs that we've been, all the symptoms that we've talked about today of low hormones or low testosterone in general that we prescribe for patients 
And really all they need is to have their hormones balanced. And we see it all the time. And that's one of the things that's most rewarding about our practice is we, we try to, you know, get people off drugs, actually, um, especially if it's, you know, a hormone-related issue or lifestyle issue. Let, let's face it, most 85% of all drugs that are prescribed today, especially chronic drugs, they are they can be they're, they're lifestyle-caused issues, whether it be hypertension, high blood pressure, um, diabetes. Um, those things can be reversed with diet, lifestyle, and possibly hormone replacement. So, you know, we are big on preaching that, you know, fix the problem or just treat the symptom. And, and so many times in, in our culture today, especially our healthcare culture, it, it seems that, oh, well, you know, I have depression. So, oh, well, you, you must lack this drug. Well, no, why do you have depression? Um, it might be because you don't have enough hormones. Now, you know, I think I've said this before and I'll say it again, but there is no better antidepressant ever invented than exercise, period. If you're depressed, um, exercise. And I, and I get it. Some people say, well, if they're really depressed, they can't even exercise. I get that. There's some true instances where people are severely clinically depressed. Um, although I think that's rare. I think we're so easy we're so quick to prescribe a to prescribe a medication for something when we could change it with lifestyle. And and even if people are severely clinically depressed, I think it's even in the in the package inserts of, of antidepressants that they're meant to be used short term. And people are on them for years. I think they're meant to be used for like six months is how they're indicated. Well, people are on them for 20 years at a time. And um, I don't think that can be good. I don't that's not what what they were meant to be. So um, if anybody has any questions, I would appreciate your comments. Um, I'll try to answer your questions. Let's talk about some dosing of testosterone again. Um, so like Janet said earlier on and alluded to is that we, when we recommend dosing for females, we recommend a female dose, not a male dose. So you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to grow a beard. You're not going to get big muscles. You're not going to get a big jaw or a deep voice. Um, those are when you're on um, male doses of testosterone, and that's not what we typically recommend. So um, you're not going to get those, those side effects. You're just going to um, feel better. Um, it's important to, to go to a healthcare provider that knows about testosterone Janet, and, and dosing for women. Janet kind of alluded to a friend that reached out to us on, reached out to me on social media and she was going to a doctor that was prescribing androgel, a dose for a man and just saying, oh, well, use just a little bit of this. I mean, that's just ignorance. Um, as a compounding pharmacy, we make a dose specifically for a woman that is easier to um, comply with rather than guessing how much you're getting out of an androgel packet made for a man. So keep that in consideration. And also when you do see a hormone provider, make sure they, or, or when you do see somebody about your hormones or ask somebody about your hormones, make sure they specialize in hormones and they know what tests to order and how to interpret them. Because remember, tests are not, lab tests are not black and white. They're a tool to go along with our symptoms and history. Um, so what's normal is not always optimal. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's just, I'm just going to use relative numbers just because it makes it easy. Let's say a, a, a normal testosterone for a woman is 10 to 50. 
And let's say a woman has depression, decreased libido, um, decreased energy, uh, weight gain around the middle, all low testosterone symptoms. And let's say on a, on a number, on an average uh, or a normal is 10 to 50, let's say her level is 12. Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, your testosterone is normal. So, you know, it must just all be in your head. Well, think about, let's say that lady was 55 years old. What was that? What was that lady's testosterone when she was 35? And then ask her, what were you having? We don't know typically because we don't have a baseline, but ask her, you know, 20 years ago, were you having symptoms like this? No. It's like, okay, well, we got to think because the ovaries are responsible for, for producing testosterone that her ovaries aren't producing testosterone like they used to. So her testosterone was a lot higher 20 years ago. So, you know, why don't we get her back to that level, even though we don't know exactly what the level is, but that's the whole point is you have to treat, you have to treat patients, not lab levels. So you have to optimize your testosterone level and, and treat to the patient. Um, also, when you're on testosterone, you got to know the person that is, that is doing the blood tests, ordering the blood tests. They have to know how to interpret them, not just how to order them, but how to interpret them. Because a lot of times your testosterone will look really high right after you applied it. Well, of course it is. But if you wait 12 hours, it won't be as high. So what some people will erroneously do is, you know, we get these calls all the time. It's like, well, this person's testosterone was really high. I'm like, well, when did they check their testosterone? When did they dose it last? Well, they dosed it right before we draw, drew their blood. Well, of course it's going to be high. So how do they feel? Oh, they feel great. Well, are having any symptoms of oily skin or acne? No. Okay. Well, if you don't like the level, then next time when you check it, you know, see what happens when they're back down to baseline. Don't have them use their testosterone that morning and check it. And then what happens? Oh, their testosterone's low. Well, of course it is because the testosterone's out of the system. Again, you have to know how to interpret the levels and, and, not, and not try to chase levels. Um, you know, treat patients. Don't just treat um, um, lab levels because you will end up, the patient will end up getting the, the, the best results that way. So um, let's talk about testosterone and cardiovascular disease. So for men, testosterone has been linked to, to heart attacks, supposedly. Now, um, there's actually a black box warning on testosterone for men, whether it be injections or whether it be androgel, that says it causes heart attacks. Now, let's talk about that. If testosterone, high testosterone caused heart attacks, let's just be rational about this. If high testosterone caused heart attacks, then 19-year-old boys, men, would be dying of heart attacks. Well, they typically don't. Typically, when men have heart attacks is when they have low testosterone. So just because one study, which was a, a, which is not a very well-done study, associated testosterone with heart attacks, it doesn't mean that it caused it. Remember, association does not prove causation. So um, that study was not very well done. Um, I actually had Dr. Rosier on our podcast to discuss testosterone and heart attacks. Um, if you would go go to our uh, YouTube site and talk in and type in um, Neil N E L N E A L and uh, just type in Neil and his podcast will come up. Um, and, and it talks all about how testosterone doesn't cause heart attacks. It's actually pre preventive of heart attacks. Um, testosterone helps to normalize cholesterol levels. It helps to lower 
lower HDL, lower uh, total cholesterol and LDL. And what's so important about testosterone when it comes to heart attacks is it helps to, to decrease visceral fat. Visceral fat is the sub-Q fat that's in our bodies. That, not the sub-Q fat, the, the fat that's in our bodies, like in our vessels that you can't usually see on somebody's body. It's visceral fat. It's the most dangerous kind of fat. It's the kind of fat that grows around the heart and around the organs. And it's definitely the, the, the one that's associated the most with cardiovascular risks, so heart attacks and strokes. Testosterone helps to decrease visceral fat. Well, when you decrease visceral fat, you decrease the incidence of diabetes and you decrease the incidence of heart attacks and strokes. So think about that. Think about how many cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of Americans. Uh, and it, and it continues to be, even though we've had statins on the market, which are cholesterol lowering drugs for over 30 years, heart attacks and stroke kill more Americans than, than ever, which kind of makes you wonder um, if statins work, I don't believe they do. That's a topic for a whole nother uh, podcast, which we've done on statins. Um, if you want to look that up on our on our uh, YouTube site. But testosterone actually fixes the problem. Instead of just lowering cholesterol, it fixes the problem of, of the visceral fat problem, not just treating a number, a lab test. We're really good in medicine about, you know, well, what's the outcome? Well, we want to lower their cholesterol. Well, that's really not what we're trying to do when we're trying to um, lower their cholesterol. What we're trying to really do, which is what we do that we use that as a marker. We're trying to prevent heart attacks and we're not doing that because we're just lowering cholesterol. We're not, we're not stopping the upstream problem, which is, which is production of, of too much visceral fat um, and insulin resistance and testosterone helps both of those. So um, I, I, you know, what's, what's important is that you get your testosterone levels checked. I think it's important baseline. So even if in, you're in your 30s and you're not having any symptoms of low testosterone or any kind of hormone issues yet, I think you should get your testosterone checked because let's say this, let's say you're a woman and let's just use that number 10 to 50 as normal. Let's say you're 35 years old and you get your testosterone checked as a baseline and the number comes back, remember 10 to 50 is normal. The number comes back 60. We've seen this before. Um, it's like, oh, you just naturally produce a lot of testosterone. You're not on anything and you're level 60. Well, when you get to be 50 and you start having low testosterone symptoms and your, and your testosterone level comes back and you're at 49, they say, well, your testosterone level is normal. Well, it's not normal for me. When I was 35, my mine was 60. So you can use that as a baseline and a guidance to dose your testosterone. Um, and then, of course, what you want to do is you want to, after you start getting dosed, you usually check up in eight weeks. And then usually it's just like every year after that. But again, it's important to have somebody that knows about hormones and knows how to interpret that lab data because it's more than just treating a number. Um, you know, ultimately our goal is to make you feel better. Um, and that, that's the ultimate goal. And so many times in healthcare, all we do is like we, we just treat these numbers, these lab level numbers. Well, who cares what your cholesterol is? Who cares what XYZ lab is? How do you feel? How do you look? How do you perform? I mean, those are all the important things. That's, that's what we really want. We don't want to, who cares about labs? I mean, labs are just a tool to go along with symptoms in history. So uh, let's see. It looks like we have a comment here from LinkedIn. We stream on LinkedIn. What's the impact on testosterone cardiovascular disease? Getting mixed uh, opinions on that. I did just talk about that um, a little bit. Uh, but like I said, thank you for the comment. Like I said, go into our YouTube site and type in Neil 
uh, N-E-A-L, and he has a whole, we have a whole podcast over an hour dedicated to testosterone not causing heart attacks. Again, the most rational piece of that is if testosterone caused heart attacks, it, you know, if high testosterone levels cause heart attacks, 19-year-old men would be dying of heart attacks, and they don't. So just, just use that as a rationale. And there's lots more studies out there, well-done studies that prove that that's not the case. Remember, association is not proved causation. So thank you for that uh, question. Um, we do stream live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And we accept questions. Um, Lynette, one of our uh, loyal viewers and listeners. Thank you, Lynette, for watching. We really appreciate you. Uh, let's see. And then this, the LinkedIn news says, I asked you as you started that piece. Bad, good timing. Great. Well, I'm glad I, I answered again, just in case you weren't, you weren't listening at the time. So thank you for your uh, question. So that about wraps up our podcast today. If you want to find out more information, we have over 1500 educational videos on our uh, YouTube um, site. We are also on all the all the podcast forums. But if you go to YouTube and type in Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy or Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, it will come up. And that's what we're on the podcast forums also. So um, Google Play, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, all those, Stitcher, we're on all those podcast forums if you want to just do audio. I like video too. That's why we do video. Um, but YouTube, we have over 1,500 educational videos um, on all things related to health. So whether it be testosterone specifically, whether it be hormones in general, or whether it be sleep, diet, exercise, uh, we talk about it all. And that's why we, that's why we say um, everything healthcare. We talk about everything healthcare here. One of the other things we talk about quite often is the politics of healthcare. Now, why do we talk about the politics of healthcare? Um, I already alluded to it a little bit, how you have to go to a, something that specializes in hormones. Let me just tell you this. Usually people that specialize in health and wellness, they're not in the traditional medical system per se. So your typical doctor that's billing insurance, that's a family practice doctor, internal medicine doctor, even endocrinologist, if they're in a big type medical system and they're billing insurance, um, they're probably not specialized in hormones. Why? Because those insurance companies that pay them do not pay them enough to take enough time with you as a patient. To balance somebody's hormones appropriately, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And that's one of the things we love about it is we get to build a great relationship with the patient, but it can take over an hour the first appointment. Most doctors don't spend that much time with you because their insurance, your insurance doesn't allow that. So typically you're best to go to some kind of healthcare professional that specializes in hormones and they don't take insurance because then you're not limited on time constraints that the insurance tells, tells them that they can do. You're also not limited on options of what they can prescribe. Because remember, your insurance company does not have the best interest of the patient at mind when it comes to medical care. They care about their pocketbook and their pocketbook only. So when they do or don't cover things, the things they do cover, like for medications, it's because that drug company is giving them a kickback and a discount. Um, they don't necessarily cover the best stuff. So we prefer to work with um, doctors and nurse practitioners and physician's assistants that don't take insurance because then we're not bound by some 30 part party in between the patient and us. It's just us, the doctor and the patient. So that's how we work best. That's a tip. If you have any questions, please reach out to uh, call Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. Uh, let's see if I have something on here about it. I do. Call us at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy 509-764-2314. We can definitely answer any of your questions. So thank you. 
for tuning in today with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We appreciate you all. Tune in to our regular scheduled podcast Monday. Actually, it's not Monday because I will be in Moab at a race, uh, Moab Rock stage race Monday. I think we moved it to Tuesday. So tune in Tuesday to our regularly scheduled podcast. It's not regularly scheduled because it's normally regularly scheduled on 1230 to 130 on Mondays. But tune in Tuesday for our podcast. You can get all this information on our um, Facebook page, the Mosley Lake Professional Pharmacy page, Facebook page to find out when the next podcast is coming up. So thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you and have a great day. 